0: ahead, Ray. You! You worthless piece of slime! You ignorant, disgusting clown! Nothing
1: but
0: an unstable
1: short-chain molecule!
0: It's the stuff. It's like pure concentrated evil. It's all flowing right to this spot. Material devolution has begun. Welcome back to the podcast for the last time in 2016. It's a pleasure to be here with you folks. The New Year's is uh, going to be arriving shortly. Matt Walter in the building.
1: That's right. I'm glad I made it. 2017, right around the corner. We're going to have an extra second of 2016 because the Earth's rotation is slowing, just so you guys all know. It'll be 11:59, 59. 59 twice, and then we will go into the New Year,
0: 2017. Yeah, time is all made up anyway. So. It's all relative, yeah, right? Not, not not even a bump. But, right. Uh, it's great to be here with you. I'm, I'm glad we could do a year in review, Matt. Uh 2016 didn't work out as planned. We we had hoped for more podcasts, but like we said before, things were uh, a little hectic. But 2017, maybe we can aim for more then. That's right. We'll see what happens. We can always aspire to be greater, right? Indeed. Indeed. But uh, we figured this year what we'd do is take a little look back at the year. Uh, We did it last year too, I think, actually. And uh, just, just see what's kind of resonated, reverberated, what's carried on. Some stories have died. Some stories we might not care about. What have we learned from it all? I mean, uh, it's a crazy time in the world, man. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> it is a crazy
1: time in the world, you know, and there's a lot of things that kind of slip through the cracks, you know. I mean, we made a we made peace, uh, well, almost 100% peace with, with Cuba this year. Uh, we had a, a mosquito Zika outbreak. Uh, we had uh, an impeachment of a, of a president in Brazil. You know, I mean, like, the Olympics was this year. I mean, doesn't it seem like... You look back and you're like, oh my God, Like a lot did happen this year, but you just forget about it. Like the Olympics was this year, really? It's that true. Happened? And
0: like every one of those stories themselves has stories within the story. Like Olympics, there's there's a lot of Russian doping scandal, yeah. Ryan Lochte. I mean, you could just start diving into all these exactly. side stories. So exactly. Why don't you take us through a narration of some of uh, the highlights of the year, and we'll kind of just kick it around and see where we can go with it. Well, yeah, I, you know,
1: I, I kind of wanted to start. Um, you know, I, I mentioned you know the Zika outbreak. You know, that was a, that was a big deal this year. I um, almost completely forgot about it. And uh, you know, it, it definitely weighed heavily on the minds. My family went to Brazil, uh, to Belize this year, and uh, you know, people were actually very concerned about traveling to that area. Could you get a vaccine? There is no vaccine. Apparently, uh, they've been working on one, and uh, and they're now they're working on a a, a plan to basically breed good mosquitoes that will kill off the bad mosquitoes <laughs> so what's crazy really cool about this is that you know out of some of these like crises or scares or whatever you want to call them you know Zika seemed pretty significant there for a while but so did spine flu and bird flu for a while right um but what's cool what's coming what comes out of this stuff is is a is it is really a uh there's like a flurry of activity in regards to vaccinations and uh, and other ways to combat some of these, um, you know, extraordinary uh, global events, which is really interesting and really cool in itself. You know, like they, they're breeding good mosquitoes to kill bad
0: mosquitoes now. I mean, that's
1: freaking awesome, right?
0: Awesome's probably not the word I'd use to describe it. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: you know, uh, I'm a fan of science, but we're in scary times. Scary times. It's like, do you let the mosquitoes just, kill you through their horrible diseases or do you invent new mosquitoes to kill the old mosquitoes which may in turn infect you with new diseases or like you know turn into giant mosquitoes like who knows (laughs) i don't like it i don't like it i I wish for simpler times when we knew less and you know (laughs) yeah yeah where was the, the Zika outbreak was it in florida uh, the Zika outbreak mostly was
1: in like Central America. No,
0: no, when it came to the United States, though. I'm yeah, there Florida, Florida border states.
1: Uh, you know, most of the border states of Mexico. Gotcha. Uh, so Florida, Texas, uh, California. There were some cases here, San Diego, things like that. But you know, mostly it was like a rash, unless you're pregnant or planning to be pregnant. And apparently, that's like really bad. It has that like microcephaly or whatever, makes the kids bored with their heads too small.
0: Any reported deaths in the U.S.?
1: Uh, no, I don't believe so. Uh, but I mean, they had some cases that were uh, tied to Zika of, of, of that micro subway, like in you know, South America, Brazil was one of the countries. And that was something that you know, some of the athletes were really worried about going to Brazil for the for the Olympics, just to tie it in a little bit to the Olympics. Is, uh, you know, that was one of those those scares. And I think that uh, wasn't uh, I can't remember who it was, but I think there was a, a female Olympian from the United States that like didn't even go because it something crazy. Uh, it sounds a little paranoid to me. I don't know. Yeah, me too. I mean, I I would not go because of the, uh, you know, maybe the, the rampant violence in Rio or... Maybe, no, you uh, If you were in the Olympics, you'd go. Oh, I would go no matter what. But, you know, I mean, there are other reasons, you know, not to go. Maybe, like, if you're a sailor, like the sewage that was or whatever. It was it was dirty or super dirty?
0: In, like the? Uh, I mean, rain. there there there's a lot of scandals about, you know, pollution and... Uh, yeah, things like that. Those, all those things you get with those
1: big, uh, with those big events, right? Pollution, corruption. You know, somebody's getting exploited, and uh, apparently we have a little bit of technical difficulty, so we
0: apologize. Yeah, apologies for the uh, popping.
1: <laughs> it hurts me more than it hurts you, and that's the truth, people. So, anyway, uh, yeah. So you know, we had the Zika virus. Uh, you know, we were talking a little bit about the Olympics. We had some dumbass, uh, you know, swimmers from the
0: United States doing dumbass American things. I'm over the Olympics, man. I'm so over them. I mean, I, 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 hooray for the athletes, like props to them. Right. But don't vandalize gas stations. I'm just over it, man. It's like every every we get it every two years because summer and winter alternating. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just the whole spectacle and pageantry. It just becomes like
1: numbing. But what about the sport of it? Like, don't you appreciate the sport of it? I mean, these things happen every four years for these athletes, right? Like you said, we watch them every two years, but every four years for these athletes. And I've been around Olympic athletes, and uh, the road leading up to those games, like those four years are grueling. Four years of up and down and training and, you know, preparation and everything that goes into it for that one moment. That, like, could either culminate in victory or defeat
0: for the last four years of cricket, your work. We, we had a show about the Olympics, and, I mean, I'm, I'm of a dual mindset on it. You know, like, I love half of it, and I hate half of it. Yeah. It's just it's kind of like college football. It's just exhausting. It's, a, it's an exhausting thing. Right. You know? Yeah. And then, like, all this, like, I, I want to talk about Ryan Locke. Like, that should, like, occupy space in my brain. Some like, silver-haired swimmer who pissed on a wall and got held up for $100 U.S., like that needs to be like on the airwaves and talked about by millions of people yeah, all the time to I mean, become part of the national consciousness. But
1: that's because that's, that's because people we live in
0: the drama, dude.
1: Like Ameri- like like the world, right? I mean, I would say Americans, but we all know that the Brits are like totally like in ca- uh, uh, you know captivated by their tabloids. That you know that's just how america and how how it works everybody they need a story right there needs to be something tied to it like the the sport itself isn't enough there needs to be some
0: kind of drama that hangs it's, on it it's the outrage culture i think that's gotten me so worn out done. yeah like, you know yeah. instead of everyone being like yeah he's a douchebag yeah he probably got held oh, up. they he gets so offended who cares either, right? yeah people get so offended he's so upset he, he dishonored america look what he did there yeah fellows, like who cares I mean, like, like yes. People do dumb shit all the time. Like, I, I it, it looks bad. I don't really see how he dishonored yeah. America. He dishonored himself. There's thousands of athletes exactly. all over the world who do this all the time, yeah. and it looks bad for them and the country they're from. Is like, yeah, you made us look bad. We're gonna punish you. And it who sucks. Cares? And it sucks. Outside of, these, of that, and it sucks he was at the Olympics, right? But at the same time, like, you're absolutely. Who cares? I mean, with everything going on in the world today, is this like the thing we want to spend time and energy focusing on? That's the biggest problem, I think, is there's just so much time and energy outraged at these insignificant things that while they do matter to a varying degree, there's nothing wrong with spending a minuscule of time to reflect on them. They need to be parsed with. And, you know, the outrage needs to be completely centered and focused on the things that matter, government corruption, inequality, uh,
1: the insignificant know, doesn't need to be exacerbated. We're very, very good at that in um, the modern media structure. You know, uh, carrying it out. You know, this thing, like you said, it should have had a blip. Oh, and by the way, Ryan Lochte gets uh, stuck up by a security guard at a gas station for pissing on the wall.
0: Uh, on to the next thing. You know, there's the theory that individuality is given way, like the rise of the individual, it's given way to this ability for. The outrage of the few to outweigh the interests of the majority because there's no collective action. It's impossible to get a group of people focused enough on one issue usually for a prolonged period for there to be any implicit change because there's so many distractions. So when real movements to make real change do arise, let's say like Occupy Wall Street, Black Lives Matter, they're short-lived. It's not that they're short-lived, they can last for years, but there's no real impactful change because the collective movement has no momentum. It's impossible for more people to get into it and get further involved because there's so many distractions. And in the meanwhile, the movement's slandered, misrepresented, other things are taken liberty with. And before you know it, it's just something people talk about in the past. Hey, they were trying to do something good, but you know, they didn't have the right leadership or this or that. And, like, well, if they had the right ideals, how can nothing change? Because they didn't have that continued collective action, because we're continuing to be outraged by various little inadequacies and things that we can't really change.
1: So, you think it reaches critical mass and then it kind of flatlines? Like, it gets moving and it gets and it gets a collective, it gets some inertia, it gets uh, maybe. Uh, I mean, maybe. It, it gets, like, in the hairs of, you know, it's like a thorn in the side of, of, of maybe the establishment. But what happens is it kind of just, because everybody's like. Everybody's uh, attention is so, you know, pulled in so many different directions. There's so much demand on it that they
0: kind of just – it just kind of wanes. They don't
1: really get more emotional than they are. I mean I think
0: the reason these movements never boiled over is because the system was obviously inherently against them to a degree. But on top of that, probably in part with, is that there's so many distractions that plays perfectly into it. You know, there's always a new war. There's always a new scandal. There's always a new impeachment. There's always – a new something, it doesn't even have to be in this country. And it's so just, dis- it's thrown in your face all the time no matter where you are, you right. know what I mean? So it's kind of like forced into your mind whether you have a choice or not. And it's impossible to not kind of get this mindset of, well, I'm gonna continue to be outraged by all these different things that are thrown in my face all the time. Right. And I'm gonna respond by voicing my outrage into the void yeah. for other people to endlessly recycle. How are we actually doing anything except shouting into the void,
1: Yeah.
0: you know? Collective action would be like, hey, let's all get together, Meet at City Hall, 10,000 of us, and demand to speak to the mayor. When the mayor comes out, we're going to be like, these are our demands. We're going to be here every day until you meet these demands. Right. What would they do? What would they do if 10,000 people were camped out at City Hall every day demanding this, talking to the news? Everyone's there. And then letting other people tweet and a lot and Facebook about it, but they're there actually doing it. Right. That would be the actual action. And then the social media would have a response to grow this real action. Yeah. But there's a lack of real action. So I think that's something we need to work towards in 2017.
1: Yeah. So a uh, uh, clear,
0: uh, directed, targeted effort.
1: Collective, let everything else support.
0: Collective action. You know, like you can't let yourselves get distracted if you have a real goal and you know you're searching for a real truth and real justice. That's not something to get distracted from. That's something that I keep growing and building as a movement and finding ways to overcome it. And obviously, the system is going to fight against you at the same time. But if you get distracted and disjointed, that's just their opportunity to crush you. And unfortunately, they've been doing a pretty good job of it for the last fifty years, it seems like. Right, right, yep, hundred percent. You know, you you touched on the, You know, these movements we're, we're
1: talking about, you know, Black Lives Matter, and that's something that really did carry over into twenty sixteen. Unfortunately, uh, you know, we had uh, we had some police shootings uh, again that were.
0: Um, Questionable uh, at best. Don't you feel like Black Lives Matter has become like Occupy Wall Street in the way it's been slandered and misrepresented, and essentially now you have half the country, red state country, going, "This is a terrorist organization." Yeah. You know, like they, they they think the white people are, are all racist. Yeah. And it's been slandered in a way. Yeah. So then you have well, the Blue Lives
1: Matter, like you know, response to that, right? And here's the thing that I think is dope, it's so is so. Unfortunate about the li- Black Lives Matter movement. One, I think when they adopted the hands up, don't shoot type of thing from Michael Brown, I think of it was course. a good tagline, but I think from Michael Brown when it was after Ter- – Terrible tagline. Well, after it was proven false, then it's, it becomes terrible, it, right? it becau- Because then it's, a, then it's a joke. You're like, well, that didn't even happen. Listen, and That's like
0: that gets spotter to the other side. Their big problem was they were trying to associate this one case with something systematic. And that's the thing that like honestly they were attaching it very yeah. If You have any conservative friends? I do. And I talk to them. Yep. They're usually smile. Yeah. <laughs> their biggest argument yeah, you shouldn't shouldn't take that stance necessarily. Uh, but uh, their biggest argument usually is that they hate the the system argument that you know it's system is the result. Of right. It. Right. Like what we did our
1: podcast last year about it, you know, we're talking about like closing the ranks, right? That's what happens. It's institutionalized and people protect people inside the
0: system. So when you you adopt a slogan based on an individual case, instead of saying, you know, this is an example of just like whether or not we know the details, this incident's only happening because of the systematic way the police is responding to to the community and the way the community is allowed to devolve like this the state of affairs the level of investment in right. education and infrastructure in these right. communities instead of putting money into them like how can we make money out of them we find out ferguson's you know got a, a money yeah, making like scheme yeah, the sure. state's legally racketeering and basically it's a modern day slave system where you know you're putting people in jail and ticketing them non-stop and they're stuck basically for their life working to pay you it's expensive to be poor in these in these cities, in most
1: circumstances, you know, you <coughs> can't pay your bill. All right, we're gonna add thirty-five dollars. That bill. you know, it's like it's the craziest thing ever. And these cities, right? They, like you said, in Nickelodeon, Diamond, like I think wasn't there a lady that was pulled over? Her ticket was like a, a hundred bucks or something. She paid like and
0: thousands she of like dollars. Thousands of dollars. Yeah. and
1: she still had like three days of prison to go or something in
0: jail. Like most ridiculous shit I ever heard in my life. I mean, most Americans don't have much savings, so. You know, yeah, getting,
1: what was that stat, right? That like, I don't know, something like crazy, like seventy percent of Americans have less than five
0: hundred bucks or something. I think uh, I think it's like something, like, yeah, fifty or sixty percent of Americans have less than like two thousand dollars. Yeah, saved, and like the average debt is what, like a couple thousand, four or five thousand, right? Uh. Yep. So. Yep. Dangerous times we're in, but back to Black Lives Matter really quick, and just that the uh, the hands up, don't shoot thing was just, in my opinion, it. Anytime you do that, you're just inviting that individual case, then override, because then in this individual case, it's like, well, it looks like maybe this guy was just acting like a maniac, and we don't know if the cop really was justified. So now they can be like, hey, you guys are wrong, and the whole reason for starting this movement was wrong in the first place, and you're like, this is not the the reason this movement is starting. This movement's been going on since before slavery. Since the beginning of mankind. It's about treating people equally and fairly, and having an approach where you're not escalating and inciting violence unnecessarily. And that's what's completely lost on, on, on the on the
1: Blue Lives Matter people. It's like this is just a continuation of something that's been going on for a very long time. You had the slave system, and then you had the prison system, right? The prison system was an extension of the slave system. We'll get into that later because there was some news, some positive news about the federal prison system that uh, you know happened in 2016. Uh, you know, In 2015, we actually had a, a, a podcast about... Uh, you know, for-profit prisons, things like that. But so that's the continuation. Then you had the civil rights struggle, right? And then you have, you know, and then now it's just a continuation of that. And, like, I think one of the great things that has come out of it, though, and, I, and, and I'll and i allude a little bit, uh, tied to Donald Trump, is that it's nice that the Band-Aid is off because – I think for so long, we just glossed over, like, the racial divide that was still happening and getting worse in the United States due to mostly socioeconomic reasons, and now it's in your face. Like, you know, like, yeah, yep, racism is alive and well. Like, people people feel this way, and they're very, very passionate about the way that they feel, and they can hide it in any way they want. They can look it back and, like, you know, say, oh, it's our historical, it's our heritage, like, you know, with the, uh, with the flag of... Uh, the rebel flag and the confederate flag and things like this but it's it's really i mean those are those are all just ways isn't to... that the thing
0: though like racism
1: <coughs> pardon me apparently i
0: got zika <laughs> yeah. uh, both of us are a little under the weather but i think we're doing all right we're pulling through yeah racism is a very uh loaded word because i mean how do we all not have biases that are so subconscious You don't even know them necessarily. Of course, we are. We we
1: only have our own perspective. And it's not your own fault. I think the main thing is. But prejudice, prejudice, and racism are two different things, right? 100%. I think that you could be prejudiced. Right, without having bias behind it, right? But, but you're racist, just, you're just prejudice because you're prejudging based on your own experience and your own paradigm, and you're it's you're unable to look at the world through you
0: know somebody else's. Idea. So don't you think that word racist gets thrown around too freely? If prejudice should be the word substitute, yeah. And the, and one of the problems with that be happening right now because that's the thing. Be, being a racist, it's so associated with being a, a bad person. If you're a racist, you're a bad person. Oh, yeah, you're evil. The reason why you're racist is because you hate the other person. Here's the thing. I know a lot of so-called racists, air quotes, they're not bad people because to me, a racist in that way isn't necessarily a bad person because they might not even consciously know they're racist. How can somebody be a bad person if they don't even know what they're doing is wrong? You know what I mean? Like They have to understand it. They might just be so stupid or ignorant or misintentioned that it doesn't... Rectifying the but their
1: doesn't, that, doesn't that go to? Touch it doesn't on your point it. Well, doesn't it go to the to touch on your point that like people shouldn't be so inflamed about that too? Like if you it, maybe let's not have a knee jerk reaction to somebody's ignorance, right? Because like what you just said is that some people could just be ignorant to the fact that what they're doing is even racist, and so like I think the whole thing comes down to the fact that I, we really need to like understand like where people are coming from and really try to to meet somewhere in the middle and have a, a constructive dialogue. Uh, because then those prejudices that might not be racism, right, like true to the core hatred of another group, uh, you know, can be,
0: can be fixed or can be, can be put uh, to rest. Well, let's use an anecdote of a real situation, real conversation. I had it, and I'll get your take on it, and you tell me if this person is racist or how you define it. Oh, we're playing is it racist. Yes. Yeah, a little shout-out to Daniel Tosh. So uh, this is a friend of mine. This guy is, like, full-blown uh, – conservative, uh, like Trumper, that type of guy, uh, comes from money. And I remember just talking about racism and all these things with them and he couldn't help but bring up Chicago gun statistics in his argument about like trying to make this like cultural argument about, you know, racism, you know, like, Oh, you know, like, Gun violence in, in, in this community. Guess where all the gun violence is? It's in these communities, this and that. Now, this guy had this guy's. Uh, was he talking about it like because those are like the most reg- heavily regulated areas too? He was talking about it on a cultural issue. Okay, like he was almost blaming it on African American culture, saying the culture inherently promotes gun violence and you know e- e- egomaniaism or whatever you want to call it. Well, and and because of that that's why you're seeing it in these large communities in Chicago and New York I call it I call it New Orleans I call it hypermasculinity I think it really is a thing. With, uh, I think I think it's something more in poor America necessarily than just black poor America. I think it's you know when I mean? there's a patriarchal society and the patriarch of the family
1: isn't around. So I think that what happens is, is that people hyper masculinize themselves to this is what I mean it's so, supposed so to be. Here, so here, hard, right? Here's, you know? So is and, the, I, and I'm not talking. I'm not talking bad.
0: I mean, it just I think it's a I think it's a byproduct of the environment. Yeah, of course. But so here's why I want to ask you: Is he racist? Because he mm-hmm. makes a real point in my opinion, that is fair. But in my opinion also, his point is lost in the nuance that there are thousands of African-American communities that don't have gun violence. You know, Chicago is an outlier. Most of the gun violence in this country country are in like seven major cities. So I would say to that. You know what I mean? Like, so how can you be like, it's all like Chicago and Lafayette, New Orleans and like a few other places, and ignore the other thousands of communities that don't have any that are very like similar racially, culturally, etc., etc. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, but, So is he racist, though, because of that? Because because he makes a fair point, and he sees only the trees instead of the forest. Does that well, make him a racist? Well, and then like, we call him a racist, and that makes him even clutch to the tree more fiercely. Right. Well, let's... I don't think he's racist, because I think you can
1: make a point about something without taking uh, that kind of stance on something. So it's what like, is It's like It's like having the discussion... It's like having a discussion about the settlements of the West Bank uh, in the West Wall in Israel and not being anti-Semitic. But right. so I, like I don't have a problem with Jews. Let's just talk about the situation. I'd like to get to the bottom of what is actually going on. And I it's, and it's not because I'm like, oh my God, I've just cut ties with Israel and put space in between them, like what they, everybody keeps talking about with like what Obama and what happened to the UN Security Council just now. Like, you know, hey, let's. does that mean they hate Jews? No. Like.
0: We, like, we just don't like, really like what you're doing. But I, I mean, it's fair to say that in this anecdote I'm telling, this person has taken a valid point that doesn't see the whole picture. But is he making it about
1: and, race? I mean, is he saying oh, that it's
0: it, so that's
1: black culture? It, it, exactly. Across the board, right? For the issue of gun violence. Because, yeah, right. <laughs> so I mean, I guess I would say like, is it racist? If you're a white person and you say, well,. The most drug-ridden count, the most drug-ridden counties in uh, in the um, technical difficulties. One, <laughs> the, two. The most, the most, uh, the most drug-ridden counties in the in the country are depressed white areas. Yeah, I mean, and, and so I, so are we saying that that, I, that that poor white people? It's a drug. It's a cultural thing to, to smoke Beth? That's what, that's what poor white people do? I mean, we don't need to run over him too much because I... No, already, no, no. I, I'm I just, I'm just say saying, is that... So so are we... I mean, can you be racist to get your own yourself? I mean, because if we extrapolate that, that that argument out across the United States, is it, isn't it the same thing as saying, as what he did with gun violence and
0: gun culture? I'm not sure. I'm not sure I follow that analogy either.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> kind of. Well, I'm saying that like poor white areas are usually uh, the most
0: drug-ridden counties in the united states but they they don't have as high gun violence as these few outliers he's able to extrapolate from well that's what i'm saying so i mean like could you say that
1: you know if if, show me this somebody that was okay so if somebody that was black said that show me this large are they racist are they racist is what i'm getting at if a black person said what i just said
0: it depends what it depends what his overall point to make is out of it i think and that's the question too maybe this person is racist air quotes like i said and they don't even know it but that does that make them evil because they're like they're misguided and they've got some incorrect view like this guy has oh, always that thing right like it's a funny thing Sam Harris talked about this you know like people who are racist always be like well I have a black I have black friends and you know my best friends black my my, my half sister's black but and that allows them to say something but, racist right well here's the thing if you really had like 17 black friends and your best friend was black and your half sister was black and you were a racist would they still be nice to you and be your friends and let you come over on Christmas if you really were racist? I mean this guy, he, he's Mexican, no, you, he's, you got, really, he's got black friends, really, he's, got, he's got really multicultural racist, friends. Dude,
1: they would not let you over. Because That's what what's I mean. really racist, like David Duke is like really
0: racist. Well, there's two types of racism, right? There's hateful racism and there's like subconscious racism where it's like you misunderstand a situation so it allows you to frame things in a way where it disadvantages people. You know what I mean? Right. So I like again, would that be prejudice instead of being saying called racist? No, I think it's just like split in hairs. That word racist is just so
1: loaded. Well now the problem with the word racist, right, is it's like anything else. It's like this fake news argument, right? It, it, the real news gets lost now. Like the real racist gets lost now because like everybody just throws out these words hey. racist and like it's so inflammatory. Everybody's so inflamed about everything. It goes back to what you said, dude, about like People just like chill out. Hey, the, you know th- what I mean? the
0: three wor- worst things you can be, probably in order, are murderer, rapist, and racist. Right. Like that. Like, that's crazy, right? Yes. Yeah. People, but people casually be like, "You're a racist. You're a racist." Like you, you're a step away from calling somebody a rapist. Yeah, and you don't say in, that. In you don't rap- like, rap- run you're-
1: around and be like, "You're a rapist. You're a you rapist. Know? Like what? Like that's like faux pas. Like no. No, it's
0: not good. It's not I mean, good it, it, it depends. If you want to be like a men's right activist, you might be telling that line and like, you know, <laughs> legitimately in danger waters. We could go into the Gamergate discussion.
1: Gamergate, that's right. What is it like? What was that? Girls not being like uh, represented
0: in uh, the IT world? No, it was like a female gamer. Oh, she got she was like, she was was like, She was like a writer and she had a boyfriend who was a game designer and apparently she was like sleeping around and Uh-oh. when they broke up, he used that opportunity to like blow her up online and accuse her of like you know sleeping around, using her sexuality because she was a cute woman in the gaming industry to like make connections and get stuff done. And because of that, all these men's rights activists, these dudes who felt that you know like men have been getting picked on for years, oh. uh, they came out of the woodwork. Like the trigger. white genocide, folks. Uh, like Trump, like brought those guys up. Like the alt right, they're like, yeah, we've
1: been getting the white people have been picked on forever.
0: These guys were kind of like the response to like the White Knights, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like the the, the social justice warriors who thought like you know we're gonna get brownie points for being nice to you, and then maybe one day you'll sleep with us. So like oh, yeah. you know oh you're so smart you're so special yeah whatever you say is right. These guys were like the flip side, opposite nutjob answer. Like we hate you, we uh-huh. hate you. You'll never have sex with us, so we hate you. So we need to <laughs> we need to figure out you know more reasons to hate you because you want to... <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> some very angry people out there in this world you know <laughs>
1: crazy well you know some other things that happened this year you were talking about things that like getting too much press um you know like ryan lochte and these insignificant little incidents that happened but they are good television um one of the bad things that like that didn't get enough press to me is until the end of twenty sixteen, dude, is 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 a Syrian, this Aleppo situation. Man, that that's just like, that's what I mean. Like, and we talk about a city I, that's just been ravaged by war. I mean, it's just incredible. The images and the and the stories that are coming out of this 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 city,
0: uh, in this country, are just horrific. You need to watch that uh, Adam Curtis documentary, Bitter Lake. I told you about. Yeah. It's the one about our roots in Afghanistan. You can basically trace everything that's happening in the Middle East right now to that incident. Us coming to Afghanistan in the 50s to help them with infrastructure. And Syria right now is is the end result of part of that political game. And there's nothing we can do. Right. We don't live there. It's not a part of the world. No, it's just spiraling. It's Tur- Tur- Turkey and Russia are the ones dealing with it. Guess what? It's right next to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like if Mexico was going to war with uh, – Right. You know? Yeah. Central America, Panama. we yeah, Panama, we'd care about it. So right. It's right next to us. Right. Then it'd be like, okay, let's get involved. Well, we can't do anything over there without a ground invasion. We ain't doing that. Yeah.
1: Right. So, I mean, our hands are kinda of tied. I mean, it's like we're in such a we're in such a quandary right now with this situation. I mean, you know, because what happens is is that now, you know, that's what that's that's the that is the genesis of this. Uh, it's a blood feud of this immigrant crisis, though, right? So like it's for, like so the immigrants now are fly are, are fleeing these countries:
0: Libya, Syria, Iraq. Uh, we started a we, we started a blood feud. Yeah, you know we started. We opened it up. We opened it up. There again. there was dictators holding all these blood feuds and tribal clans. Basically, have been warring for centuries. Right. Hate each other, want to kill each other. Dictators came to power through various ways. Right. And now everyone has a gun to their head because they can't kill each other without the dictator's permission. And once the dictator's gone, hey, no rules. No rules. Let's just no go ahead. We're just going to take Fun over
1: it. So, you know, Fun uh, time. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, we're taking by force, right? It's interesting because uh, I just heard on, on Democracy Now! a couple days ago, uh, and I can't remember the exact details of who was talking about it. Uh, but there was a man who uh, interviewed uh, Saddam Hussein uh, prior to his execution. <coughs> And uh, Sana was really surprised uh, that that we invaded. He he was more he had he had given he had was a, he thought it was a bluff. Well, he had delegated more of his power to his people, and he was basically writing a novel. And he even said that he goes, you know what, the United States is screwed here because they don't understand he don't, they don't understand the Arab world and they don't understand the Arab mind. And and he was really really upset when it, when he said that he used chemical weapons on the Kurds and he was really upset that that, that they said that because he's saying that he didn't do that yeah um, I don't know if we can trust him on that but we can't. but maybe true sure, maybe not Look, but like it was really interesting they said that he was pretty much like in he, the twilight of his life at that point the like, most
0: interesting thing I remember reading was that until the moment they invaded he was dead certain it was a bluff he thought there was no way they'd be this stupid right there's no way. They completely unnecessarily destabilize seven to ten countries in the heart of their biggest political religious ally. Trying to like, like they could literally destabilize the globe over something as meaningless as like a twenty-year-old grudge.
1: Well, he was saying that you know he thought that the United States could actually be you know would would benefit from being allies with Iraq, like in that you know that sense.
0: you know, that we we, that we were better allies when we gave them arms to fight Iran. Oh, we were, yeah, hundred percent. You know, I mean, there's no money we put it Whoa, into place. Look, in if they are our enemy now, like let's say Russia, they were our friend before. Yep. World War Two, and vice versa. You know, like it's how we work in this country. It is. It is. You know, speaking. What, of that, what have you done for me lately? Speaking of that, where's my that, Christmas that's, yeah, a, Matt, that's an awesome. What, tie-in, what do I get for? That's Christmas? an
1: awesome tie to this to this uh this this whole um you know. Uh, this whole Donald Trump situation, right? This, well, we'll touch on this very briefly. Matt. Yeah. Very briefly. Very briefly, for sure. But what I wanted to talk about what, specifically based on what you said was Mitt Romney kissing Donald Trump's ass for the secretary of state position and making him eat crow and those freaking Pepe the Frog legs with Donald Trump in that freaking toity-toity freaking uh, hey, uh,
0: Don, Don, restaurant. Donald Trump's going on his revenge like, tour. Kiss my ass. Donald Trump's going on his revenge tour. And guess you know what he's doing? He's literally, like, putting a magnifying glass under the sun on these guys and cooking them like ants. Oh, Mitt, you, you want a Secretary of State job? Come out to dinner. Yeah. Come out to dinner and tell them how great I am. Yeah, you're not getting the job. Yeah,
1: you're not but, getting the But
0: it. that was nice. I appreciate you coming out. Maybe if I need something again, I'll call you.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Mitt. Good job. Way to flip-flop. Way to not stand on your ground about Don- how much of a Donald Trump of joke he is.
0: You know, we can say wh- whatever we want about him, but in some way, he's almost like... An Evil super villain and I like that. I just think he's like super troll. And no, that, I, that's right This is like something I can like you do if like just like you're fucking with somebody like you know like, this guy talks shit about me So now I'm gonna make him kiss my ass I have he is under the premise that I'm gonna do something nice for him and then pull the rug out from under yeah. him at the last minute yeah. And he's literally doing it to everybody. I kind of love it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I hate almost everything about him but uh, I appreciate what he's doing here. Oh,
1: yeah. Just from a comedy standpoint. Yeah, no, no. He's a, he's, a, he's, a super, he's a super asshole. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's like he's like A1 certified, like, hey, I'm the biggest
0: dick. This guy's had a 30-year grudge about somebody writing that he had small hands, <laughs> which he does. Jeez. Very small. Very, very small. Very small. We know what that means, Matt, right? That's right. Small yeah. gloves. Small gloves. No doubt. 100%. Any, any closing thoughts on Trump? You know, he's going to be our president. Uh, the world isn't going to end. We're probably just going to become stupid or dumber, more polluted, etc., etc. Yeah. Trump's bad, but Pence is worse. Trump ain't dying anytime soon. Period. Too much money invested in keeping well, that guy I say, alive. Well, I'm saying, I mean,
1: the guy, like, as obviously there's, there's something that he's beholden to – he went to outside. Just remember,
0: so no doubt about Matt, it. Matt, just remember the vice president has no actual power. Unless the president goes like Bush did to Cheney and just like basically lets him run the country. Then the vice president really doesn't do shit.
1: Well, yeah. What know, has but, Biden done? But, exactly. But what I'm saying is, is if you look at the appointments of some of these cabinet picks, it looks more like, like uh, Mike Pence's pick. Oh, no,
0: we should have seen this coming. Give him a chance. We don't have a choice but to give him a chance. That yeah. That doesn't mean we can't predict what he's going to do. i tell you what I do hate, though.
1: I do hate all this thing. is like, you need to respect your president. Like, get out of here with that bull crap. You don't have to respect your president. Like, look, so I, I respect the office of the president, and that's why I'm concerned about Donald fucking Trump taking it. It's an interesting situation, man. As I understand but, that it's the most powerful thing in the world to, like, have that to, – to sit in that seat – and to have somebody like Donald Trump scares me, and I, you know what? And if, the fact is, is that I have a right to feel
0: that way. I mean, if we're having a frank discussion, most presidents—I mean, Jesus, like Obama—is Obama really a Christian? Well, oh, is he really? He, people who have had private conversations are like, oh, he's like an atheist, but he can't do it because it's not politically savvy. You have to go to church, do all these things, play the game. Man. You know, like if you could sit down with most people. Pretty much everybody on the stage who ran for president in both parties, I wouldn't want them to be presidents. I don't trust their views on like, pollution, evolution, humanity, you know, America's role in the world. But you're not allowed to have nuanced conversations with these people. We all work together as a group to kind well, of pick somebody the facility, in our mall. Right? you only see the You only see the show of it. How and much, that's why Trump wins. How, how, how much true. Did, what did policy matter?
1: What it doesn't I, well, I it know. doesn't matter. They didn't even talk policy this time. The more and more every 4 years we talked less and less policy and more and more persona, right? And Trump is the master at the cult of personality, and he's also the master with this Twitter thing, dude. He is smart, man. He's taking credit for things that happened months ago, and it doesn't matter what the facts are anymore. It's like what we talked about. The problem now is that everybody's freaking confused about what's right, what's wrong, what's up, what's down, what's true, what's not, yada, 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 yada. And as long as we stay in that state of confusion, Donald Trump wins every time. Because the loudest, most uh, most audacious, freaking brash person in a situation like that is the
0: only person to get his message across, and he's smart about the way that he does it. You know, I think that real results. He's like Barnabas Bailey again. I'll use an anecdote just because I think it illustrates it very well. I think the problem is that people have become very opinionated, without without without, without wanting to do research and being objective. Yeah, and and. It's very problematic, and the story I'll use is I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, really smart guy, really, really smart, respect the hell out of him, but we're talking about uh, the Derek Rose rape trial, and it was right after he'd gotten off with it. He'd got, he'd got acquitted. And now, I remember reading about this early when it was going on, and I followed the case. I read the court transcripts. I read the cell phone transcripts. I probably spent at least five to ten hours – of my life over the course of a few months reading about this and knowing a ton of stuff just because I found it fascinating. It was really weird, really cool, odd details. It was perfectly emblematic of that classic NBA case of like, is she in it for the money or is this guy really just like a bag? Uh-huh. And my conclusion from all that, from reading the text messages especially, and their prior relationship was that like, yeah, this guy was like, definitely, definitely dirtbag. You know what I mean? Like he definitely was guilty, but he knew how to like basically skirt and get off. And this guy was so adamant that like, nope, he wasn't guilty. And you know, like this was just her trying to get money. I'm like, like, what, what do you know about it? You know, he's like, Oh, I've seen this before. And like, the, like, you literally have done no research. It's all re- speculation. You've done no research. You don't know anything about the case. You haven't read the, the cell phone transcripts. You don't even know about their prior relationship. You don't know how long they dated. You don't know what he did that night. You don't know what he did after. You don't know any of this stuff, and you've got such a formulated opinion, you're willing to argue with me here instead of being like, well, what are some of the facts? Where did you get these facts? Right. That would be interesting. Then I could be, like, oh you know what, well, I haven't done it in a minute. Let me pull up the site. Oh, here here's all the transcripts on the smoking gun. You can read the entire court transcripts. Now maybe you can go formulate an opinion after you've thought about some shit. Yeah. But everybody has this mindset where as soon as they, they read but that they heard Stephen A. Smith talk about it on ESPN, right? They, like a blurb. They saw like that they saw the one minute blood. Instagram clip or they saw a tweet yeah. or they saw the headline. And they've already got 10 – You've ten, already formulated your whole opinion. They've your already got yeah. – You know what the hell happened, You know who and where and when, and you got
1: it all. I've know? got a 10-minute soliloquy I'm going to uh, deliver about this subject, though I literally know nothing about it other than what one news outlet has told me
0: over 30 seconds. Right, exactly.
1: And, yeah. that, and that's the and I think that's my what, I think that's what most people get. The, the one problem, though, is – and I was going to touch on this. And this is great that you brought it up. It, like, I think most people nowadays, dude, they just get their freaking information from memes. Like, that's where they
0: get their... the echo chamber? Yeah, that's what it is. That, every, that's what... Every, everyone's that, locked themselves in an echo well, chamber. Well, that's what
1: proliferates the most around the internet, right? So that isn't that... the that, That's the strongest form of communication. It's a picture. It's impactful. It's only a few words. And it, 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 it's like, here. And it can be false and fake and everything. Even the quotes are wrong, dude. And they're not even... They don't even exist. And these things are getting, like, just, like, strewn out all over well, the internet. Well, what is a meme, ultimately? It's a new form... Of media. It's a comic strip condensed. It's it. That's what it is. It's like Dilbert or some it's a one a family circus. Single yeah, panel. Single exactly. Single panel. That's what it is. Yeah. But now like you, everybody can make them. And we're supposed to take these things. And some of them are like graphs and like they have all these stuff and like, who knows where they came from, man. But people like taking like 47% of
0: such and such happened in 2016. Like you're like, what? I don't, okay. Look, if it's text on top of a picture, I treat it as like a joke, even if it's real, yeah, like yes. I, I, who shares information? That my should, chat has a real way to should, share information. That should be that should be your first inkling. Is like I'm going into this knowing that this is
1: all parody.
0: Yeah, like it, it, maybe like somebody's like, "Hey, we're gonna do a real meme, and I'll actually put real statistics there." I'm still gonna think it's a joke because it's a meme.
1: Right, but how many people actually do that? Like based on what you said. So let's say let's say Fox News does this art, this whole expose that they just did, and then they retracted saying that their data was
0: wrong about this uh, about the. Uh, they, they would stamps, right? Matt, they wouldn't retract it. They'd hire a company that would get them the right data they want. Exactly, right? You know what I mean? So they do this food stamp thing, right? They, t-
1: they talk about food stamps. They blow all the numbers out of proportion, this, that, and the other, right? When it's really like less than 1% of people are actually like fraud- defrauding the, the welfare system, uh, the food stamp system. But anyway... I digress. So they, so let's say they do this, right? They wrote this out, and then all of a sudden, there's like a flood on the internet of all these like welfare queens, food stamp, uh, you know, people buying food stamps, like you know, buying TVs with food stamps and cigarettes and drugs and shit, and they're all over the internet, right? And it's all supported by this freaking this this article, this this news story that these people saw just like a couple days ago. Right? So doesn't that just reinforce the belief? It's like the whole thing about Sharia law, right? Being coming to the United States. Like so all of a sudden they hear this fake news story, then all of a sudden there's these memes out there about Sharia law courts and this, that, and the hey, other, blah Mo- blah 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 blah. And then it's just like this is the mindset and they're all getting
0: emboldened by this, like this this crap. Matt, most people don't even know how many Muslims are in this country. Do you know how many Muslims are in this country? I have no idea. Well, according to like the, the census last year, I think it was at three million, which would be less than one percent. Right. So, they pro- they project in ten years, Shri Allah, bro. In, in ten to twenty years, it could be two to three percent. Right. So uh, I don't see this as being a super majority ever at any stage. So, like you said, completely irrational fear Rational, right? based in fake news. Well, let's let's talk about some more irrational fears. Let's talk about there were some terrorist attacks this year,
1: right? Jesus, Charlie Hebdo. Charlie Hebdo. There was uh the. Um, um, bombing in France, outside the stadium. Bombing too. in France. There was uh, the uh, there there was one here in the United States, right, in the gay nightclub. Oh wow, the Pulse attack. Pulse Pum, attack. Pum, Pum terrorist. So. Uh, you know, and so, uh, but at the same time, in the grand scheme of things, you know, there was oh. also uh, the the guy uh, just recently uh, in uh, Berlin, right, driving through the,
0: uh, the yeah. We, the- we, we, had, the- we had a couple of things that was in Nice too, right, in France. Right. Another nice. another car. Yeah. People, and to turning a car, essentially, into a technical difficulties, one, two. <laughs> got to check out what's wrong with It's guys. one of those shows. You know, the mics are popping. I'm, I'm, co- co- I'm co- coughing. But we're
1: going to get through it. We're going to get out of 2016. We're going to get into 2017. It's going to be freaking great. We're going to get all our wildest dreams. You want you, to you you know my
0: biggest goal of 2016 was? What's that? Don't die. So if I live to see Both. 2017 been successful here <laughs> for sure we're almost there we're almost there we're gonna make it i swear but yeah man the terrorist attacks let me make a, a prediction on that we're gonna keep seeing them unfortunately it's, it's a sick twisted world we live in you can't stop terrorism no matter
1: how many troops no matter how much you do you can't do it and listen here's the truth i'm not willing to sacrifice my privacy uh for security that's just the way that it is does not you know what? I'm willing this to sacrifice. This inherently dangerous. You can walk out in the street. You can die. You can sit here and die from some stupid thing that happened. A meteor can fall out of the sky and you can die. Guess what? Everybody dies. We try to be as safe as possible, but you need to get it all with your lives.
0: Straight up. I, th- I think you would say you'd be willing to sacrifice a little privacy for a little security, but I don't want to sacrifice yeah, a, but, ton okay. so, a ton of so privacy for a ton of security. So what I'm saying is not com- a balance, I'm right?
1: comfortable with the way that it is now. Actually, they can roll back a they little. They can bit roll on back a little. <laughs> and we'd be all right. But like that's what I'm saying, dude. I'm not I'm not into this authoritarian thing. I don't think that those type of things work because if anybody like had the freaking just a uh, thought in their mind to walk out of their car and drive through a freaking a uh, a uh, uh, walking mercado, you can do it. So you have to stop it. You can't stop it. You can try to limit
0: the message, right? You can try to mitigate the damages. That's about it. What you can do is you can cr- try to like create a society in a world where you create less people who are like this.
1: Well, yeah, you go to the root, right? It's like what we just talked about. We stirred up a turbulent uh, area. We, 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 we dislodged the control and created a vacuum. These people never want to, these people hate us. They absolutely hate us. They,
0: well, they hate hey, us. Hey, hey. You
1: know, here's the thing. They, they hate us and they hate, they hate, they hate people. They hate, listen, Matt, they never, no, let's, wanted, let's, let's come. They never wanted
0: to come here. Let's rephrase it. They hate everything that's not them. They never wanted. that's the problem. Here's, they never wanted to be here. They hate America, but they don't want to come to America. They wanted to rule whatever shithole they were in already. Right. That was their goal. Right. That was really, – until we showed up there, they had nothing to do with us. They were busy killing each other. That's yeah. the truth. So we, we put ourselves in the middle of it, and now we're, we're just you know, stuck in a quagmire, essentially. So – it's really, really, uh, really sad, really sad year, man. In that regard, really, it,
1: it was. It really, it really was. It, it, and it's unfortunate um, because, again, I don't, I don't think it's ending anytime soon. I think our, our, our fight with terrorism will continue to go on unless we can, unless we treat it at the root. We have to treat it at the root. And the problem with the root is, is that the root is lodged in faith, and it's hard uh, to dislodge uh, something that's, uh, that's rooted in an abstract of. Um, belief like faith.
0: I do too. I also think it like exposes the emotional vulnerability or lack thereof in that faith because the only way to combat it would be let's have a reasonable discussion. Just like you and me are doing a podcast, me and a person of faith, you and a person of faith, anybody who's of non-faith and of faith could meet and I think you would be a good speaker for, you know, the values that an atheist or an agnostic person represents and why those religious views are very damaging. And if that person was open and willing, they should be able to hear you out and have a conversation with you. Even if they disagree, not get mad and call you a blasphemer or evil or the devil or want to hit you with a stone or punch you or something like that. Right? Well, we're, I what, we're just having a reasonable conversation. Even if I disagree with you, I'm not going to have to try to like attack you or tell you you deserve to die in hell for all eternity. Well, I think that the problem with that, with what would
1: happen is, is that coming from a place where you're really just trying to get to the point of, Hey, listen, you guys can believe whatever you know you want to believe, and, and you can you can feel these ways, and you can it, it, it do this. But to have the infrastructure and the things in place that that hold up and support these values is the problem, right? I think that's what the biggest. I think that's what the world is kind of waiting for. Is like you know why like all Muslims in mass stand up and condemn some of these things from happening and say that like hey, this is not our religion. If it really is a religion of peace, like people were saying, and again, this isn't like a, a it's not
0: a racist judgment. It's very, it's very, very complex. Why don't all white people stand up and say I'm racist?
1: Very true, right? So it's right. very, it's, it's, it's hard that, to, that get is, to say. That's right? basically
0: a, an apt metaphor for it. Yeah. Why don't all white people stand up and say I'm racist? Is why don't all Muslims stand up and condemn terrorism? It's so complex in the subconscious cultural integration of it, and there's so many concentric circles that support each layer of it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like casual racism supports hardcore racism. Yep. You know? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. You yeah. know. Yeah. You might have a friend who says some racial slurs. I know I do, and it's like, well, you're not going to like not be friends with that person. They might not even be a bad person. Well, that person might have a friend who uses it even more, and that person Silence even more, and, and then that, that person, person means, has somebody right? who's a full blown racist, and it, that person only exists because we let it exist on levels. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, ISIS is something that we've talked about. Shit, I mean, from the beginning, right? So it's very divisive as far as the world is concerned. But, you know, some good things happened, too, this year uh, as far as unification uh, is concerned. And, uh, you know, the United States um, visited Cuba for the first time since uh, Fidel Castro took over in 1959. Fidel died as well. Fidel died, right. Finally. (laughs) Crazy. You know, Fidel is a very complex individual. Um, he is a person who is known as a liberator around the world, especially even in South Africa, Nelson Mandela. Somebody
0: who did many great things in many times. many events. great
1: things, in many, but he did a lot. But the problem with a lot of people is power goes to your head. And just because you have a good idea doesn't mean that you uh, continue that good idea and you oppress uh, people in order to keep yourself in power. He had a lot of good ideas. Uh, he did a lot of great things for the Cuban people. And at the same time, he did a lot of bad things for the Cuban people. The other thing that we have to understand about Cuba is is we have to recognize the fact that the United States embargo in Cuba has also has uh, compounded those issues of, of poverty and some of the other, uh, um, you know, there to do, I guess you would say, type of things, right? That they don't have, right? They don't. Of
0: course. I mean, I don't know if I used that right, by the way. It, it's interesting looking back at, you know, the legacy of Castro and everything, but it's fair to say that fame, power are ultimately corrupting influences because power, you, absolutely. you can have the highest of ideals, but you will fail to implement those ideals as a society. If you can't implement them in yourself, if your ego is too big to be overcome, but oh, you know, what? I, I want to build a just and fair society, but I'm not being just and fair in how well, I live my it, life it, and how I do. Things. I think
1: Fidel's biggest problem is that, that he, he, he put he put his He clung to power over the will of the people. Yeah, exactly. And he put which is his, what all, he, is he, put all own, he put his yeah. own pride ahead of the good of his people. So right. He didn't, he didn't all, deal, deal with the Alaska United America. States because we're an imperialistic country. I understand that. But you know what? Maybe instead of saying, give it a big fuck you to the United States,
0: and just, it's saying, okay, well, you're over here and I'm over here. Well, he was in a tough spot because of the capitalism versus communism Cold War thing. For sure. 100%. I mean, like, we, we, we weren't even alive during that. Right. And I have no idea. I mean, like, to you culture, know, to I culturally understand what that means, I mean, yeah. you can talk to your parents sometime about what it was like. During oh, the yeah, Cuban Missile, Cuba like yeah. literally to think the world, my, my mom thought, was like, we literally thought the world was going to end. We thought like everyone was going to be dead and like oh. with women, like, any dead, yeah. everyone was going to be dead. Yeah. And like everybody thought that. Could could you um, can you imagine going around and literally everyone's just like walking on eggshells, pretending like everything's fine when at any minute nuclear missiles could get launched off the coast of Florida? Jesus, yeah. You can't right. imagine what that's like. The, gravi- <laughs> the gravity of that situation, can- the way you're getting your news, yeah. you're, you're hearing on the radio and they're just giving you little blips. New ships move closer to the sea. Nuclear missiles are getting ready. President Kennedy urges a warning. All Americans, be ready. Yeah. What the f- over your nearest fallout shelter. Yeah, and they're showing you in class to duck and cover in case of nukes. You yeah. know, Just get under the desk. That'll save you from the radioactive
1: shockwave. Different time, man. Different time. Just when we think the 2016 was bad, we harken back to that era. And you're like, oh my god.
0: But so I'm just saying, if you look back at that type of relationship, there's a reason why it's been so combative. We were almost at war. There's yeah. the Bay of Pigs. Yeah. We, we tried to secretly yeah. invade their country. Yeah. We tried to stage a false flag attack where they hijacked an airliner. Yeah. and blew it college kids, yeah. I mean, this is there's a lot of stuff we could go into there. The point, 600 assassination attempts. The point being, I could see why Castro would have a combative stance against America. If you want, oh, of if you want to look at that history objectively. <laughs> but that doesn't take into account some of the human rights abuses he's done to his own people. Oh yeah, Classic, yeah. classic case of a socialist, narcissistic, egomaniac who cares more about his own interests and power yeah. than anyone else.
1: On both ends of the spectrum, on the left and the right, when you get too far, it becomes authoritarian. It's just the
0: way it is. You know, it always has to be like it's me who does it, and I'm gonna make sure it gets done. Yes, that's what you I was what talking I mean? about when it comes it's to like, like ego. Right? It's like I, I, I know best. I don't need. I'm gonna be in power. I don't personally. need. I don't need to be president or be like senator or congressman. I just need people doing that who represent my ideals. I don't get either one. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem I'm working with. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? I don't get any representation, and I don't get to do it myself. But I don't want it to be me. It doesn't need to be me. And if like I got to be the stage, where, like you should be the spokesman. I'd be like, well, cool. I'll do it. And then once we add a good infrastructure in place, anybody else can do it right. as long as they represent the same ideals. I don't need to be on a picture. Everyone's telling me how great I am. We're doing the right things. Let's keep it moving in that direction. Somebody else can carry the torch. Bing, yeah. bang, boom, baby. Yeah, and it might
1: it, not be exactly what I wanted, but at least it's some semblance of what I thought is when vision is getting painted in some way. Success
0: is addictive, man. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like pe- people, people see themselves as like the need to be like you know the icon of a movement. When in reality, the movement's not about an individual. It's like coming back to that collective action thing, right? Yeah, it's about us coming together and working together to achieve right. universal ideals. Mastermind, you have to have everybody in the same direction. Right. I'm with that, brother, for sure. Any other uplifting, uplifting stuff you want to talk about? Yeah, on? yeah.
1: You know, uh, this one's kind of uplifting. I think uh, it, again, a long time, 50-year conflict claimed more than 220,000 lives. Uh, the Colombia. This is not uplifting. No, the Colombia <laughs> peace agreement. Right. So oh, with the, the fart. with the far right? rebels. Um, I'm just saying, you're you're leading there, not, not uplifting. <laughs> well, I had to take it down, so everybody's like, oh my god, two or 20, people, and then like, hey, yeah, peace, hey you guys, genocide's over, yay, genocide's over. Okay, I'm not, not I'm not so, uplifting. Juan Manuel Santos he, uh, got the Nobel Peace Prize for uh, for for bringing that deal together. Um, the first one uh, was held in October, uh, and it failed because it gave amnesty to the drug traffickers, uh, the Colombian people. Thought that that was uh, too easy, that they got off too light, so they uh, reworked the the agreement and uh, and signed it in December.
0: So that's good. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work out in the long run.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. I think that fight scheme seems pretty stale, right? I mean, the drug war, the drug war in in, in Colombia is
0: you know kind of over. Though the drug war was just how they were fueling the revolutionaries. You know, essentially they're trying to overthrow the government.
1: Right. Right, you know, well, it's I, true, I,
0: yeah. I, I, That's it's, the it's, end of the
1: day, right? But I think that Colombia is, like, way past that.
0: They're looking for a political solution, but, like, we saw how that worked in Iraq, Iran. You can get a temporary peace, but you're literally just, like, putting a Band-Aid on a wound and you're yeah, never stitching
1: it up. I don't think we're talking about, like, Palestine and Israel here. I, I think that uh, I think that the guys, you know, the FARC rebels probably being in the jungle for the last 50 years and, like, you know what? Like, we need to kind of uh, take a new, a new path. Uh, Towards uh, towards what our goals are.
0: Taliban getting tired of being in Afghanistan. Well, I don't know, man. But uh, you know, they'll they'll go away, they'll disappear, but they're there.
1: Yeah, I
0: mean, yeah, right. I mean, it's hard to kill an ideology, right? I'm just saying, like, it's hard to kill an idea. That, that, that idea, that belief is still going to be there. And if hundreds of people, thousands of people still have that idea, it's always dormant and it can always be reinvigorated by, by the simplest thing that you don't know about. That's why it feels more like a band aid than stitches. You know right, what I mean? Like right. This can easily be ripped off. This is not going to just be like a scar that is permanent and remembered, but in the past. Uh, dude, you know who died feel, this feel, year? Wait, wait, feel good
1: news. There we go. All right, we're, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, you know, we're, we're coming to the end of the show, uh, coming to the end of the year. Uh, you know, I'd like to take the, the last little bit here and reflect back on um, some impactful personalities uh, that we lost this year, right? Um, Too many. Right. Every, I think every year we we're like, oh my god, how many, how many, I, I how don't, many people does this year? Get, how many people is this year going to take, right? But I think every year pretty much has its 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 baskets full. Uh, people die.
0: Every life comes with a death end. Exactly. So, exactly. You know, I'm, in this day and age, the thing is, we have so much more celebrity knowledge. You, you probably know – We're closer. Hey, we're much Matt, closer to Matt, a lot of those people, right? You know more people than you know. And by that, I mean you know thousands of celebrities and athletes and singers and historians and politicians, and you probably know like 50 people in real life, 100 people in real life. Right. Yeah. But you, you extenuously know but all these I people. I had 500 Facebook friends. Yeah, too, exactly. So I'm just saying. But because of our, our ability with media to know so much about people – that you normally can't learn without, like, talking to somebody and hanging out with them for a long time. We feel this connection to people, and there's so many famous people we can feel connected to now. Yeah, Everyone's starting to die, and people had this thing at the end. of are 2016 can't end soon enough. You know, like, who are we going to lose now? Guess what? We're going to lose a lot in 2017. and 2018, this is just how it's going to be. Life is, you know... It is it, a cyclical. It yeah, comes to really an end. Than that. So it's always going to be a really sad thing. We just shouldn't be like 2016, like you know. And it's always sad when, uh, they, when they when they feel like they they die before
1: their time. Prince was a was a bad one. Uh, you know, I just thought about Prince. I you know,
0: obviously you you and I are both really tied to music. Hey Matt, right? unless you died of old age surrounded by loved ones, then yeah, it's before your time. Yeah, yeah, right?
1: no, exactly. But you know, so the the Prince one, you know, maybe reflect on really his genre of music the style that he played and like he the actually what I ended up kind of getting to was the style that he created right like Prince was fusion, fusion like a fusion of yeah of, of genre uh,
0: just very brilliant person Prince David was, Bowie
1: man. David Bowie wow I, <laughs> mean,
0: I mean if you want to go through the musicians I definitely think the biggest musicians were what yeah Prince Bowie Merle Haggard definitely in country regards yeah I mean. I mean, oh, like George oh, Michael. George, God, that was recent. And I mean, George Michael, another amazing artist. And uh, you know, these guys—they all brought a lot of joy and uh, and passion. What can three can we say about all three of these, though? Oh, George, George, wow. George Michael, uh, Prince, David Bowie—all died in their like '50s, '60s. All had massive drug problems. Did way too much drugs. We know that like Prince was taking like fentanyl and shit like that, you know like the heaviest sleep agents possible. We know Bowie had a terrible cocaine addiction, you know like there's a reason. Unfortunately, these stars burn so bright; they live live so brightly. So, oh yeah, they live
1: fast, right?
0: Yeah, man, that's why like, they're taking too soon. Yeah, you know maybe he shouldn't been doing an eight ball every day for four years. <laughs> Whoa, is one dot? Didn't Bowie Bowie die of cancer though? Right, like cancer is what he had. Yeah. had Bo, cancer. But I'm sure he had it. I mean, he grew up, I mean, his era was, you know, a lot of uh, Bro, and I mean, who knows? And that's the thing. Like, who knows how you get cancer? It could be tied to unhealthy lifestyle. Right. You actually. know, like, we don't know these things. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, sure. definitely, we definitely know them. People have the heart conditions, like, you know, Carrie Fisher having a heart attack. Oh, she had a heart attack. Well, why'd she have a heart attack at 60? Right. You know, like, just, if you read her biography, apparently... She partied with the best of them. Oh yeah, She was a wild child. Yeah, yeah. well, she
1: grew up in the industry, right? Debbie Reynolds. Her mom That's, died a day later. Yeah, her, right? but, but, but mean, her mom's twenty five years mom. old. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that well, makes sense. Sure. But I'm just saying, like, she grew up in that industry. I mean, what was she nineteen when she was on like Star Wars? Right? Uh, I don't, Something I don't know. Crazy like but, that.
0: Uh, yeah, so, it, it's definitely sad. It's definitely sad seeing so many go. Who else? Have we got know, Muhammad, the, the greatest. greatest of all time, right? The Muhammad the Ali, the greatest
1: You know, Gordy Howe. Right, considered one of the other greatest, right? greatest hockey player, Wayne Gretzky. Right, so, you know, yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and it just kind of goes on and on. Alan Thick, right? Uh, Carrie Fisher, Debbie Reynolds, uh, Zsa Zsa Gabor. Like weird, I had no
0: idea that she passed. Oh, that's crazy. Gene Wilder. We we're talking Gene about Wilder, before. Wilder. Yeah, one of my favorites growing up as a kid. I always Wilder, loved him. Yeah. And Richard Pryor, stir crazy, blazing saddles. Uh, Warning that together. I see no evil, hear no evil. I mean, man, uh, Louder killed it, man. He really was, was was one of the best. Nancy Reagan. I'll, just just saying say no. no.
1: Okay. Harper Lee, a Mockingbird. You know, uh, so you know the list goes on and on. And like we said, you know, people every year, uh, 2017 is gonna be no different. It's gonna claim its own uh, as well. Uh, but you know, I think we could uh could appreciate the contributions that these uh, these powerful
0: people gave uh to the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, like we should all be so lucky to have lived such impactful lives where
1: I mean, here we are, two, sh- want- two sh- just average schmoes, like sitting around a table, talking to the biker folks, talking about these people and how they impacted us. I mean, they, they, these people,
0: uh, you know, have uh, have done extraordinary things. Yeah. Uh, and, you're, and, and you're just sharing a parcel. because Like you could take somebody really impactful on that list in your life. I mean, there's a lot of names you recognize. Might know some of them a little. You might know some of them a lot like Muhammad Ali. Man, like I could go back thinking about some of his fights I saw when he lit the Olympic torch that oh, one yeah, time yeah. and just all these like – and I didn't even come up during his time, but it still just like means so much. You could talk about him for so long. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, like, he's
1: just an amazing person. He you in know,
0: so many facets of his life. Right? So we should all definitely draw that, you know, these are lives to be learned from. You know, they, they Draw inspiration. You from know, they, they chased their dreams. They achieved so much. Uh, they struggled. They, they had issues. We should try to learn from that and, and better and you know ourselves. know cool
1: about it? One of the things that I love about these people, and I always, and I always. Um it, it, that always uh, inspires me is, is that they live unapologetically. Uh, you know, even Carrie Fisher, you know, wrestling with her own weight and her own, you know, mental illness and stuff like it was like, yeah, you know what? That's, that's just how I am. I'm a Pez dispenser. And I'm also in the clinical psychology book. And you know, isn't it great? Prince, like, you know, and Bowie both like blurred the lines of sexuality, right. And kind of like with that whole like androgyny type of thing. Um, Ali stood up against, uh, you know, basically imperialism in the United States. And said, "Hey, I'm not going to go over there kill brown kids. You know, when, when we can't even, when we can't even be free here um, in the United States. And so, uh, you know, it's nice to uh, that. That's something that that I really, really love is that these people have conviction and they stick to it, and they're not uh, they're not wishy-washy like some of these politicians we talked about before, right? Like this is this is who I am. This is what I believe. This is what my vision is, and I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna tackle it." Yeah, you know, and more importantly, you should remember the people close to you in your life if you lost won because, you know, those are people who impacted you in a real way. In much a real more, way. Much right. more so than a celebrity a who you read about and you admired their life and you, you saw them on TV. You know, think about your grandma or your, or your cousin or your friend, somebody who actually you spent time with and contributed your life in a meaningful way. Those are the people you should reflect on and really value. Yeah. It's like
1: these people are good to model model your life after, but remember the people that prop you up and give you the tools so that you can model your life after these people, right? Someone
0: Someone who's there means a whole lot more than someone you wish was there. True.
1: Amen to that. And with that, we want to say goodbye 2016, and goodbye to all of you, and thank you very much for spending this hour with us. And uh, we apologize again for a little bit of the snapping and popping. We will get that uh, corrected for next yeah, time. so
0: 2017, we will uh, minimize the technical difficulties, increase the production rate, Yeah, rebuild him bigger, better, stronger, faster. We can. We will. And we shall. We shall. Thanks Peace. for listening, guys. Peace of love, everybody. love.